This is the Journal of Ecology podcast. I'm Scott Chamberlain. Scientific data are collected across individual labs around the world. When similar types of data are collected, they can be organized in a single place. This creates a one-stop shop for much more data than any one lab could collect, potentially allowing greater insights. I recently caught up with Jens Katke to talk about the Tri-Plant Traits Database at the Ecological Society of America meeting in Portland, Oregon, in the U.S. In addition, we'll get a perspective of a, a user of the Tri-Database from Rob uh, Salguero-Gomez. Jens, can you briefly introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Jens Katke, working at the Max Planck Institute for Biogeochemistry in Jena, Germany. Can you introduce yourself, Rob? My name is Rob Sagro-Gomez, and I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the Max Planck Institute for Demographic Research in Rostock, Germany, and I'm currently serving as the uh, one of the associate editors in Journal of Ecology. So, Jens, what is your role in TRI? I'm the kind of coordinator of the initiative. I'm responsible for data acquisition, data curation, and making the data available. Great. So, what... For those uh, that aren't aware, what is the TRI database? The TRI database is an integrated database of plant traits, and it is a kind of second generation of data pooling. Many of the trait values have already been integrated into databases, and we take these databases and integrate these into one really big database Mm -hmm. from our point of view. Okay. Um, so, so why do we need the TRI database? Most of the plant trait data so far are very dispersed and um, often in Excel files on the local disk and not available to the scientific community in, in any way. Hmm. And within the TRI initiative, we found a way to ask the people to make their data available for, for the TRI initiative, and then they are, they are in one integrated portal and available then for the scientific community. Okay. So, Rob, we're going to move over to you uh, to get some, some user, some, uh, some information on sort of the user side of TRI. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has your experience been like using TRI? So I have had so far two experiences two of which, of course, have been very pleasant. Uh, The first proposal that we put together was led by Professor Peter Adler at Utah State University. And uh, this project uh, looks at how functional traits that have been measured in different plants around the world for different species might correlate with selection uh, gradients in plant population dynamics. Uh, this project is now being written. The proposal was submitted last year, and uh, as I said before, the experience has been very, very pleasant. Just an immense amount of data coming from contributors all around the world, New Zealand, Australia, uh, China, the U.S., Europe, and yeah, it's, it's been very pleasant. The second, the second uh, experience happened recently. We submitted a second proposal. That happened two months ago, and in it we want to look at how functional traits in plants might correlate with senescence trajectories, that is, a decrease in the performance of individuals as they get older. Um, The interesting thing about the experience between the first and the second proposal is that we have gone through an update in the versions of TRI online, and maybe that's something that Jen can... uh, 
go into detail, but uh, from a user point of view, it's it's only making it more accessible in a way, right. because the Tribe database contains an immense amount of information that can be at first sight very daunting to navigate through. And from the first proposal to the second proposal, things have gotten more automatized, and everything now it's kind of like go, click, and check, and accept. And of course, you have to do some small definition and description of what your proposal is going to contain, what you want, what data you want to access, and what for. But uh, these guys, I think, are doing a wonderful job at making all this data available. Mm-hmm. So it's, it sounds like you, you've answered in part this question already, but um, do you think try from a user perspective, is a good model for other databases of other types of data? And, you know, if so, why? If, if not, why not? So I think that one of the main contributions of Try is that uh, it allows users to ask very broad ecological and evolutionary questions. So from that perspective, absolutely yes. Uh, only through the existence of a platform of this nature would one be able to access such a wealth of data. Uh, the other alternative would be to go knocking door by door uh, to different authors. and. Uh, I feel like the mentality of the ecologists are changing, but it's only through initiatives like TRY that uh, this wave of data sharing and open access is coming more to a realization. Mm-hmm. So, Jens, we're going to come back to you uh, for a little more detail on TRY. Um, can you... Uh, Rob just told us some of the perspective of, from the user perspective of TRY. Can you give us uh, an example from elsewhere of, uh, of the kinds of insights gained using the TRI database. The TRI database has been developed to make the plant traits available for different projects, so it's not in the first place developed for our own um, research. Mm-hmm. But what I think is most exciting about the database so far is that we have the opportunity to look at trait variation across different traits and on global scales. This was not possible before. Right. Um, so I, I went to your talk yesterday at DSA, and uh, you explained that you're trying to predict traits of uh, species with missing values. Uh, can you explain how you're doing this? Due to the structure of the data in the TRI database and due to the mere size of, of the database, it has become interesting to people working to statisticians working at the University of Minnesota. And these statisticians in other contexts cooperate with Google and eBay, and they develop recommendation systems. And these recommendation systems seem to be applicable in the context of the plant traits. And um, we use these and we develop these um, algorithms further to be able to um, fill gaps in, in the tri plant trait matrix, and as we will um, include environmental information in the future, we may be able to predict trait values for a given species at a given Mm -hmm. location. Mm -hmm. But this is um, looking forward into the kind of midterm future. We are pretty um, sure that this will be, be able, but this is also the question, the accuracy of this prediction has to be good enough to be worth using in an ecological context. So right. we are very much looking forward to doing this exercise and then again and again and again challenge our um, predictions by new measurements. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, so uh, I guess we haven't talked about the size of the database. Rob's mentioned it's it's very large, but uh, we don't need exact numbers. But you know, how how big is this database? It has about three million trade mm -hmm. entries for um, seventy thousand mm -hmm. plant species, mm -hmm. and it covers about seven hundred plant different plant traits. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so with TRI, you're trying to strike a balance between uh, data access and intellectual property. Um, is this, has this been a difficult task? It has been difficult in the very beginning when we defined the intellectual property guidelines mm -hmm. to make the data sharing process um, useful. And since we have written these guidelines, and they are pretty explicit, since then, it's, it's not a problem anymore. For the development of these intellectual property guidelines, many very experienced um, scientists all over the world um, mm -hmm. in the context of plant trades, they helped us developing these intellectual property guidelines. And without mm -hmm. these guidelines, trial wouldn't have happened. Right. So there's a big uh, push for making uh, data open access now. Um, is... Uh, with the TRI database, it's not... Can you explain sort of how people get access to it and um, whether in the future it might be uh, more open than it is now or, 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 or will it have to stay this, this as it is now to sort of protect property, intellectual property? Um, we started the TRI database and we were kind of... In the very beginning, we were aware of the fact that the TRI database will contain data that are published right. and it will also contain data that are not published. And for this reason, and to motivate people to contribute their data, we first started with a little bit restrictive um, approach. And um, But requesting data from the TRI database is open to anybody. So just like Rob um, mentioned, you have to submit a mm -hmm. short proposal and you ask for the data and then we organize the process that the different contributors give their permission to use the data. Mm -hmm. And with, with time and when people get more used and confident in the mechanism how TRI works, more and more of the data in TRI are um, moving from the more restricted part of the database to more open part of the database. Mm -hmm. So in many cases, um, first, the contributors wanted to give permission in each case mm -hmm. when they were asked for, for data. In many cases now, they give permission by default, mm. and they just want to be informed. Mm. And also, the first data sets from the TRI database are really free access online available for, for free download. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so how, how, how will TRI be sustained in the long run? Um, do, you, do you have secured funding for you know, database management and, and things like that? So the Max Planck Institute for Biogeochemistry in, in Jena is considering to integrate TRI as mm -hmm. a um, central facility of, of the institute. So for the foreseeing future, there is funding secured. But if TRI continues to grow as dynamically as it has been growing during the last two or three years, we may outgrow this, <laughs> the institute and look for additional funding. But mm -hmm. so far, the funding is secured for the mid-term future, hmm. mid- and long-term future. Yeah. I think that 
uh, one of the very neat things of being at the Max Planck Institute for Biogeochemistry is that it's part of the Max Planck Society. It's a mm -hmm. huge network of institutes. I'm talking from the demographic perspective, which mm -hmm. is the institute in which I am. But I know that different institutes who have specialized in master different disciplines have an immense amount of IT support, which is critical for database archiving and curating. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that from that perspective, really the Max Planck Institute for Biogeochemistry is, is the right place for the TRI mm -hmm. database to be at. But of course, I fully agree with, with Jens that uh, this thing is only going to keep on growing and growing. So mm -hmm. I think that maybe looking for additional funding would be appropriate and maybe quicker and sooner than you think. <laughs> Right. Um, so, I'm going to ask both of you this question. Uh, where do you think um, TRI be, or where will you like it to be in 10 years from now? I would like to see, of course, the TRI database growing, mm -hmm. more data being um, contributed mm -hmm. to the database, more users using the database. And I would like to see the TRI initiative, the TRI database, being integrated into a network of um, databases like currently is emerging, for example, in the context of the Data One initiative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rob? As a user, I would love to see the TRI database also integrated with other databases. I would love to see um, TRI bridging uh, architectures with GeneBank, for instance. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, three ongoing efforts at the Max Planck Institute for Demographic Research that Jens uh, is, is aware of because he came to, to uh, give us some consulting feedback on two months ago or three months ago. And these databases contain demographic information. One of these databases is called Compadre, Comparative mm -hmm. Plant Analogy Demographic Research Database, uh, contains information for over 800 plant species, hmm. and this compadre database is actually 50% of what goes in the soul of the proposals that we have submitted to try. Uh, in the foreseeable future, I would love to be able to establish a physical link between Yen and Rostock, such that anatomy, physiology, and demography come hand in hand. It seems like a very natural step to undertake. Right. And, then it, and it sounds like you might be able to link up with uh, taxonomic and occurrence data through GBIF and the plant list. and things like that. Yeah, since the database is now at least for the meta information online mm -hmm. and we can do this hopefully in the in the near future. Okay. Great. Uh, is there I'm a lot of questions. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I would like to Ah, yes, of course. I would like to yeah. give a great thanks to all the data contributors right. who made this thing happen. Without the data contributor contributions, try wouldn't have happened. Right. And as a user, I would like to thank the people working at the Tri Place because the immense amount of IT support that must go into this, I don't even want to think about it. And uh, yeah. it, it's, it must be really time consuming. Right. Great. Uh, well, thanks for, thanks for doing the interview. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Jens Kotka and Rob Soguero Gomez about the Tri Plant Traits Database. For the Journal of Ecology podcast, I'm Scott Chamberlain. Thank you.